Hey, welcome to the Pachanga and Possibility Podcast, the podcast where we celebrate the power of healing and transformation. I am your host, Natalie Galsadilla. Each week, I'll be interviewing experts that will inspire you to discover your soul's purpose and create a fulfilling life. I'll also be sharing some spiritual coaching along the way and personal adventures as I enter this new phase in my life as a mother and entrepreneur. All right, mi gente, grab your cafecito and a notebook. Let's get started. What's up, party people? Welcome back to another episode of Pachanga and Possibility. I always wanted to open that way with the what's up, party people. I have the secret that I always wanted to be like a DJ (laughs) and a hype man, but I'm not hyper at all. So it doesn't work out for me. (laughs) Maybe I can be like a hype man at a meditation retreat. But anyways, (laughs) I digress. So today we're talking about coffee readings. Now, I don't know if you know that that's a thing, but you can actually have your future read by reading the patterns left behind in your coffee cup with the coffee grounds and like the little bit of coffee that's left and dries up on the coffee cup. And there's people, I feel that in the Hispanic community, it's something that you learn from like generations to generations. And I really wanted to showcase this because my best friend gave me the idea. She was like, you should do an episode about coffee. And I remembered that in her family, they did that. And I've had my, I don't know how to say a coffee cup reading done before, but she doesn't speak English. And you don't want to hear me interview anybody in Spanish because it is very sad. (laughs) I'm very good at Spanglish, but not at speaking intelligently in Spanish whatsoever. So I found Samira on Instagram. That's I was just I went and looked up hashtags and found coffee readings by Samira, which I think is awesome. And that's her thing. Her main jam is coffee readings. So a little bit about Samira. Samira Farage was born in Puerto Rico and she is a tricultural with Middle Eastern, Puerto Rican, and American roots. Turkish coffee readings were exposed to her as a child, and she discovered her gift at the age of 12 after a reading for her grandmother came true. She has been reading for the public since 2011 and has already helped hundreds of people access their inner power to take control of their lives and create their best selves. She has integrated her coffee cup readings with crystals and traditional card reads. She has four kids and an Akita named Baggy, which she adores. She loves hiking, reading, and spending time with her family. So without further ado... Let's meet Samira. Welcome, Samira. How are you? Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here. So tell us about coffee readings. What is it and how did you get into this? So it has a name. It's called um, tassography. And it comes from the word uh, tasse in French, which means cup. And you could use tea leaves, or you could use uh, coffee grinds. 
So the coffee uh, readings really stem from Turkey. So they're more known as Turkish coffee readings. And you use a um, traditional Turkish coffee, which is very, very fine grounded coffee beans. And my family had their own recipe. As you know, I'm, you know, from Middle Eastern descent. And that's the coffee that they would drink every morning. It comes in very small cups, like it's very similar to the Cuban coffee that comes in smaller cups, as opposed to the big latte. Yeah, like an espresso, a concentrated espresso. Yes. And so it's, we use uh, dark, half dark beans, half light beans. We grind them to almost like powder. And then we put a spoon of ground cardamom in ours to give it that spicy taste. So a lot of people that come see me, they think they're drinking tea because Earl Grey tea has cardamom in it. Mm -hmm. And so once you drink it, once you, you, you boil the water, you pour the coffee in it, and then it, you know, forms like a, like a sediment. It's when you pour it on the cup, the sediment settles on the, uh, on the bottom of the cup. And when, Everybody in the Middle Eastern world, I mean, most everybody, they will drink the coffee, then flip their own cup, and they flip it onto the saucer because the cups come with a saucer. Mm-hmm. And in like back in the day, people used to let the cup dry, and then everybody would turn their cup around, and they could see pictures because the grinds, once you move them with the liquid, they form pictures, and the pictures tell a story. And there's some very skilled coffee readers, and I used to do when I picked it up, like the very first time I ever, like, you know, I was 12. My parents would always drink this coffee. My mom would always flip her cup. And one day I grabbed her cup and I just started telling her, you know, oh, this, I see this and that. So she was very intrigued. And then we decided to read my grandma's cup. And everything I told my grandma came true a couple of weeks later. But traditionally, going back before we get a, before we get ahead of ourselves, mm-hmm. it is a everybody in the Middle East drinks this type of coffee. It's very, very common there. So when I learned how to read the cups, I read to my grandma and everything I told her came true. And she was she didn't was not a happy camper. Oh no, really? <laughs> she wasn't like proud of you? <laughs> no, no. She kept telling my mom, no, don't let her do that. That's bad, you know. And my grandpa was like, don't listen to her. She doesn't know what she's talking about. She's going to, Samira's going to do great with this. Watch and see. So for years, since I turned 12, until I was 40, I never read to the public. I only read for my family and my mom's friends. But, you know, and part of it is because there's so much stigma to this type of profession you know, right, right, and I never wanted to be one of those one of those people. You know? <laughs> yes, I understand. <laughs> I wanted to stay like on the on the quote unquote normal side of <laughs> you know the world, but I was very good at it. And everywhere I would go, I would have a line of people. Literally, if I was going to a baby shower, if I was going to a wedding, or if I was going anywhere where the coffee was served. As, as a matter of fact, people started bringing their cups to gatherings where I was at, and I would read. And so I never, ever, ever, like, went public. I did something that a lot of people do. I started focusing on the, oh, my God, how is this going to work? How am I going to go public? How are people going to hear about me? What if this? What if that? And one day my brother and my sister just kind of like, Samira, you're really good. By this time I was already 46. And they were like, you, you know, you should read. And so they 
literally pushed me to read for two of their friends. And it went great. And they paid me. It was the very first time I had ever gotten paid for the coffee reads. And people think that, that, that there are coincidences in the world, that there, there's luck in the world. But I don't really believe in that. I believe that you're in the right place at the right time. And if you're ready for the opportunity, you're going to fly. At around this time, my daughter, uh, my second daughter was uh, graduating from college and she was going to her last sorority gathering. And it was a month away and she told me, hey, why don't we do business cards? Why don't we design these business cards and say that you're a coffee reader and I'll pass them out at my sorority party. It's, you know, this is more like a, like women do this more than men, but men love it too. They just don't like to admit it. <laughs> Okay, so she did. She made my business cards. She passed them out at the sorority party. And a couple of those girls practically built my business. Wow. I've never advertised anywhere. It's just been strictly word of mouth. I've been doing that's it for when you know you're good. If you don't have to promote and it's just word of mouth, that's yeah. proof right there. So that's a great story. With the coffee readings, is this something that's widely accepted culturally in, in the Middle East? Like, No. No? Or is it considered taboo the same way it can kind of be considered taboo in Hispanic culture or any culture, really? It is considered taboo, and you're not supposed to be doing it, and it's supposed to be like it's Satan's work, it's the devil's work. Okay, you so know. similar to Hispanics. Yes, it's very similar to that. This is one of the reasons that stopped me from wanting to read you know right. because right. I and it's funny because ever since I was little I was always very different from everybody else that was around me I'm very different from my siblings there's seven of us um, I've always been a very strong-willed child I'm the oldest of eight and so once I figured this out that I was good at it it just made me f so self-conscious like I, I didn't want it I didn't want to do it and you know, you talk to people and you like, even now I was just telling somebody this the other day. I, I, I was at a family gathering where I was speaking to a full blown doctor. She's a doctor, like a, like an MD, like she practices mm -hmm. medicine. When she asked me what I did for a living, I told her, Oh, I read cups and I read cards. She literally had a laugh attack. No, she did. She started laughing at me. You do and, this full time. Oh, I do. I do this. I want, I am transitioning into it full time, but I'm an accountant mm -hmm. by trade. Oh, I, I crunch it. numbers all day. I love that you have the both, like the very left brain and the super woo-woo yeah. right side, like <laughs> cosmic. That's amazing. So it's very taboo. And it's like, if you talk to very religious, like, you know, and, and my family is like, they're, um, they weren't very religious, but a lot of their friends were. So this was bad for some of them. Then when you talk to the very spiritually religious people, they're like, and so when you meet really, really spiritually, like hot, like highly spiritual individuals, they will tell you, you have a gift. And if the God, the creator, the universe, whatever you believe in, did not want you to have it, you wouldn't have it. If you have something, you should embrace it. You should own it. Unfortunately for me, I didn't hear that until I was in my early 50s. And, you know, I wish somebody would have told me this in my 20s because, you know, life would have been a little bit different for me. But, hey, mm -hmm. it's never too late. So Absolutely. now when I, when I get a chance to read someone that's on the verge of being a great reader or being, you know, 
so spiritually connected and they feel weird because they're hearing things or because they, they don't understand what's going on. I always tell them, embrace who you are. Learn about it. Empower yourself. You're given, you know something or you have a talent. Use it. It's not, no different than being a really good therapist or being a good surgeon or being a good lawyer. It's no different than that. You just help people in different ways. That's beautiful. And I can relate so much as my family still thinks all these things are taboo. My family is pretty religious. I think the only one who's not religious is my dad. And nobody really supports any of my spirituality in my family. Everybody pretty much thinks that I'm crazy. And it is what it is. You know, nobody's embraced my gift. And my mom embraces my gifts secretively she won't publicly admit it but she'll back me up privately and she but it scares her um and my dad is very gifted and very intuitive but he is scared of it because i think he's so gifted that he's terrified of opening up pandora's box and so yeah i can relate it to that difficulty of like growing up and not being accepted and them not backing up your gifts and what if they would have really um supported your gifts what would life have looked like instead of having to do this journey on our own? Yeah, but that's playing the what if game, which I played for many years. And I advise everybody not to play it. Not to waste time. It is. It is. You know, we spend a lot of our time saying, oh, what if I would have done this? Or how could this have happened? Or And if you kind of like to say, okay, this is where I'm at right now. This is it. I was married for a long time. My family was very, very strict. And my marriage was arranged. And I was one of those kids that did everything that her parents wanted her to do. I got married when they wanted me to get married. I had kids. I worked for them for 30 years of my life. And I loved, loved, loved my parents. I have lost both my parents, my mom this summer, my dad three years ago. And no matter what your relationship is with your parents, when they go, you will miss them. I miss my parents, but I have no regret because I did everything that they wanted me to do. And you can't, I learned something. You cannot live your life the way other people want you to live it. You get to a point where you have to empower yourself and say, okay, this is where I'm at in my life. These are the gifts that I have and I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna do this. I got divorced 15 years ago. I was almost 40. It was the very first time I had ever told my parents, no, I'm done, like I can't. And I started the, my, 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 my reads at 46, and I didn't think it was ever, like I doubted, had so much doubt that I, me, myself, you block your own self as a person, especially when you're in the spiritual world. You know, you start looking for things and, oh, you know, oh, this client canceled or, oh, I didn't get any clients at this event. And for me, I was just like, you know what, I got to keep trying again. I got to keep trying again. My dad was a self-made person. He never took no for an answer. And I am very much like him. And once, you know, I took off, it was almost like now I just tell people, I'm sorry, I can't read you today. I, this, this is my time. And deep down inside of them, I think both my parents, especially my mom, she was very, very impressed with the way I did my company, with my website. With She was so, so impressed. Um, she, all the things in my office, like most of them are gifts from her. She gave me so many tools um, and she was really hard on me. Like she was very hard on me. Beautiful. 
That's beautiful. I'm even getting like misty eyed. Ooh, you got some good energy, <laughs> strong. Um, so that's really beautiful. And how different your relationship is with your children because they're so supportive and pushing you to get out there and and really supporting your business. And I love how your daughter passed out like the business cards to the sorority. And from there, those girls helped build your business. And now here you are fully embraced and standing in this in this beautiful career now that you're helping others. How has the journey been? Like, how have you grown and what healing has taken place for you to step into this so proudly and fully? Well, for me, the healing started when I first opened it up. So you always, we human beings as a whole get focused on a lot of regret, a lot of like, oh my God, if this wouldn't have happened to me, this would have, I would have been here. So if I look at my life the way I wanted my life to be when I was 16 years old, I was top of my class when I was 16 years old in a public high school. I got accepted to all the colleges, USC, UCLA, you know, Berkeley, all the Cal State. My parents had different plans for me. The way I saw my life was I wanted to be a doctor and I was going to finish. And then I was going to become a surgeon. And by 33, 34, maybe I would have been ready to get married. Life had a different journey for me. My, you know, I ended up getting married at 16. I had my first kid at 19. I dropped out of UCLA. And I ended up having four kids. And when I was 33 years old, I got very, very sick. I got really, really sick and I lost my uterus. It prolapsed. Nobody knew why, but I had, I was the perfect candidate. Like it was, it happened to the perfect person. I had two boys, two girls. I couldn't complain. I couldn't rage against the universe. I couldn't rage against God. Why did this happen to me? But being a woman, it was devastating. I, I was horrified. Like at 33, oh my God, like what happened here? And so that was one of the reasons why I stopped reading and I took a break. It was the very first time I had ever stopped reading because I never saw it. It never came up in any of my cups, never came up in my cards, never saw it, never. I never saw that I was getting divorced either. If you would have looked at my house from the outside in during those, those times, you would have seen a perfect family, two boys, two girls, five cars parked in front of the house, dinners, events, traveling, and inside the house, we were miserable. And so we decided that that was it. Didn't see that in my cups either. So how could I read someone when I don't have the ability to help myself and look at, you know, two failed things? In my, this is me in my head. I lost my uterus. I lost my marriage. And life just almost hit a standstill where you kind of hit rock bottom and one day I woke up and I was like, you know what, what is there to live for? You know, my kids are going to grow up, they're going to leave, and I'm just like a failure. And I was having these thoughts. It was a Monday morning. I'll never forget it. And one of my friends called me out of the blue. He goes, hey, they gave me the day off. I was, you came into my mind. Are you okay? And so I said, you know, I'm having these thoughts. He's like, Samara, come on. Like, that's being a baby. That's taking the coward's way out. You know, you have so much more to give. And we talked. I laughed. I ended up getting dressed, going for a run, coming back. I, if, if that happened, the way that it happened, it was meant for me to kind of snap out of it. And I'm very, very strong. 
So building upon that, I put my practice together. I'm very confident when I sit in front of a client. I listen to people and I, I listen. I don't hear. I listen. I take in what they're saying and I try to give them examples or experiences that I've had or that other people have had to make them see like their journey is not, they're not alone. You're not alone. There's always someone that has it worse than you or just like you. And these are the results. How did you reconcile after you had that kind of like that temporary breakup with doing the readings and the fact that you were upset that you didn't see the divorce and the, I don't want to say illness because it wasn't, it wasn't, it was just, it a, wasn't an yeah, illness. It was like a thing that, <laughs> yeah, there's this weird thing that happened physically had in that anger that was like, how did I, you know, I didn't see this. How can I do readings if I didn't do, do these two things? Cause I feel like that's a common thing. And it's a struggle as intuitives when we're accurate a certain amount of time, but then something happens that we didn't see around the bend and it makes us go through that self-doubt. Like, how did you overcome that? I kept getting things. Like I kept getting things that were landing in my lap. Like my, one of my daughters gave me the Louise Hayes book. You can heal your life. That book changed my life completely. I started doing experiments with the stuff that she says in the book. And I did a lot of the affirmations that she did in the book. And my life completely changed. And I did small things. Like I started with parking, the parking space. Mm -hmm. um, I'll never forget it because we went to, I live very close to Los Angeles. So the one Costco that was there at the time was the Costco in Alhambra. There's never any parking ever. So I put both my parents in the car with me. Okay. One December 24th morning. And I took them to the Costco and I said, I'm going to find the perfect parking. And my mom was horrified. She's like, we're going to be here for hours, blah, blah, blah. We zipped in, somebody came out and I took the parking spot. So I started doing stuff like that. I started, I started manifest, like thinking about things, small things. Like I wasn't thinking about a million dollars or the perfect man in my life, but I was thinking about small things like, oh, I want to go see this, this, I want to go hear this, or I want to be able to buy something or. I wonder if I can get to that place. And every single thing kind of opened up for me. So going into, like, the Louise Hayes book, as soon as I read it, I picked up the reads again. Something in the book, because she says, things are not going to come to you. You're, you're going to have to go get it. And if you, have, if you want love, you have to love yourself. If you have money, examine your relationship with money. And I realized that because... I had been such as, like, done everything right and everything my parents wanted me to do, and then nothing kind of happened the way I wanted it to happen. I was angry and resentful. And, you know, my brother, the one that's five years younger than me, he got into meditation. And, and it was just really weird. Everybody that was around me that I was close to was empowering themselves and growing. My brother got into meditation, and he kept telling me, let go of the past. You're already out of the marriage. Stop you know, hating on mom and dad, you know, you, you, you have to let this go, let go. And as soon as I did, my life completely changed. It completely changed. I got very, very close to God. My family is, you know, Muslim. 
And I, I pray five times a day. People don't know that I pray. I don't say that to anybody. It's my own deal with God. And a lot of people tell me, oh, you know, like, why do you do that? And I'm like, sometimes I don't get to pray the five times a day at the time. But it, it's a time where, you know, when you work with people and you're reading people day in and day out, it's, it, it's a lot on my energy field. And some people come with really sad, heavy stories. And I try to take as much from them as I can to lift them and guide them. But it weighs heavy on me. And no matter what I did, no matter if I ran or if I danced or if I, you know, watched TV or read, it wasn't lifting. But as soon as I kneel, as soon as I bow down, it just goes. And I get up and I'm re-energized again. So for me, that worked for me. May not work for other people, but for me, it worked. And it, you know, I married my spirituality to my faith. I'm one of the few people that can that has been able to do that. So every time somebody comes in front of me, I try to get them to do that. I try to get them, hey, you know, see what you are attuned to and go that way. I know all the religions. I love all, I love everything about all the religions because they pretty much say the same message. You know, mm-hmm. even the spirituality, it, it, it's, it's about lifting another person. It's not about putting you down. It's about lifting you. And like I tell all my clients when they come see me, I don't want to see you every week. I don't. I'd rather you go tell 10 people about me and send me those 10 people. And then those 10 people will send me 10 people and 10 people and 10 people. I don't want to see you every week. It doesn't work that way for me. I don't charge a lot of money for the reads because I love what I do. So I enjoy it. Um, and like I said, I have something else like my, my career, like I'm an accountant and a bookkeeper. So I never really had to hang on to this. Like some people do, but that's, that's how I got back into it. That's a, that's a great journey. And I love that you mentioned the fact that when you were reading so many people, that it weighed heavily on your energy, but then you found that right tool because that is such a big issue for a lot of intuitives, including myself, that it became very draining for me. And I started pivoting my business in other directions because I'm an empath. I'm also an HSP, like highly sensitive person. And no matter what I would do, I would still like hold on to that energy not that I wanted to, but it was just so, so, so heavy on me. And I love that when you would pray, that was the way that it all melted off that level of self-care. And that's, is that what you meant yes, when you absolutely. said when you, when you would pray, and right? Even before I started pl- praying, I would always pray. Like even before I started formally praying the way like, like mm-hmm. the way my parents, because my mom was raised as a Catholic. My mom went to Catholic school. My parents got married in the church. And, but my mom really didn't really, like, she, she was very, very super, super into, like, the sacred heart of Jesus. And that was her saint. And that was her faith. But she never really, like, taught us religion. We were basically on our own. So I read the Tao. I read the Bible. I read the Torah. I read, like, the Quran. I read most of the books. And if you really, like, look at it from a, from a higher point of view, like, what is this going to give me? What, how is this going to lift me? They all say the same thing. Verbatim, they all say the same thing. I like being a reader, especially the coffee, it's very difficult. The cards are easy for me. The cards, I'm just like, you're coming into the read. I'm bringing you, 
I'm holding your hand. I'm going to bring you into your breath. With the coffee, I'm telling you what's going on. And I'm looking at the blocks and the things that are... I have a cup that I just read someone right before. So that's actually what it looks like. I had a client right before our, our interview. I and that. She's showing me a cup and yeah, I can see all the patterns on the inside of the cup. So now educate me on this part because I was under the un, under the impression that when they're done face to face that the client has to drink from the cup and then you read the patterns how does it work virtually usually people like in, like I told you the tradition was you served it in the morning the right time to do it is in the morning Friday morning is the best time to do it and you drink your cup you set it down, you do your housework or you go to work and then you come back and you flip your cup and you read it later on. Um, there's a lot of like um, myths and superstitious attached to it. I don't really believe in that. So you don't have to drink the cup. You could just hold it. You could hold it in your hand. Now, if I'm reading you virtually, what I do is I pour the coffee on my end because people try to show me their cup and I'm like, I can't do that. Like, that's like <laughs> but if I pour the coffee here, and I have you on, and we're talking, your cup is sitting. So I'll ask you, do you know why you want to get red? And you'll probably tell me, yeah, I want to know about work and about love and about where I'm at. And I'll flip your cup, and I will look at the patterns. If it's done virtually, it's a little bit different and a lot harder for me because I have to look at the pattern and tell you, hey, this is what I'm seeing here. If it doesn't resonate, we're going off to a different direction. So... And 99.9% of the time, they'll tell me, no, 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 you're, you're right. So as I got bigger and got more clients, my clients moved away from Los Angeles. And right now, I have clients all over the world. And they will call me, we'll work with the time zone. Um, most of them like cards. A lot of them, I try to introduce them to coffee, especially the people that are like in Europe and the Middle East, you know, so they can like, it's a fun read. It really is. It can get pretty intense. Like this morning, the the, the, the cup that I read, it was, it, it was very intense. There was a lot of pain. And all I could do was lift this person and send them away lighter than when they came in to see me. A good reader doesn't really tell you the future. It just confirms which way you're going to go. It just confirms a lot of things that you're thinking. The reason that I tell you that a good reader doesn't, cannot tell you the future is because no one can tell you the time of death. No one can tell you when you're going to die. Not even if someone's killing you, they cannot tell you exactly what second you're going to draw your last breath. So it's hard to predict the future if you don't know time of death. It really is. The other thing is, a lot of people come to me because they want confirmation and or they want me to assure them that what they're doing and where they're what and, and a lot of times I, I get them to talk then I repeat what they're saying to me and I'm like okay like, where are you going with this it's not going to help you you're not being the best version of yourself as a person and they they it resonates I'm very direct when I read too I'm you know I'm not I'll never tell somebody anything bad because you'll make it happen if I read you and I tell you a hundred things and then I tell you one bad thing, that one bad thing will happen because you will not be able to stop thinking about it. 
I did read that in your testimonials that everybody said that you're like very honest and you don't sugarcoat anything. And they really appreciated that, that bluntness. You have to be because I grew up in the, in the age of the chancleta or the belt. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so did I. Like, there was none of this. Oh, are you sensitive today? Oh, you're sensitive. <laughs> that was like a snap out of the sensitivity. And I always tell everybody, the minute the chancla went out the window, the kids became entitled. Everything, yeah. Then we got millennials. And, <laughs> and then my poor children, <laughs> they, they are millennials with a chancla on top of their head because up till now, like they Good. get it from me. <laughs> but, you know, you got to figure out what you're putting out there. And whatever you do, I may not be able to tell you the future unless you show me your friends or the people that you're hanging around with. Then I'll tell you where you're going. Yes. And 100%, whatever you put out there, you're going to get it back. Whether it's good or whether it's bad, everybody pays. Everybody pays for what they put out. For me, being very connected to the universe has opened me up. My crown is very open. I get to see a lot of things. Um, I get to... You know, sometimes the things that I see are not the greatest things in the world, and I have to kind of deal with it in my own way. But being a reader has helped me a lot. In what way has it helped you a lot? So let me tell you, this summer, at the beginning of June, I lost my grandma, the one that I read, my maternal grandma. My grandma had dementia, so we knew she was going to go. It was only a matter of time. When we went to the funeral, everybody got sick. Everybody got corona. We all got it. I got a very mild case of it, but my sons got sick. My brothers got sick. My mother got sick. So as soon as I got sick, I shut down and I stayed home and I quarantined for 21 days. A week into my sickness, my mom was hospitalized. She went to the hospital. And you know how it is now. They don't allow you to go in. They don't allow you to talk to the person. So I was home, sitting home twiddling my thumbs in my bed. I read 10 books because I don't believe in wasting time. Time to me is more important Amen. because I can make money. I can't make time. Mm-hmm. So I've lived in Monterey Park for 43 years since I was 12. We moved here and we're on the same street. My parents bought a bunch of property on the street. So we all have houses on the street. And one day I was sitting in my, in my bed, looking out my backyard and a turkey vulture landed on my lawn, picked up a mouse, and took off. And I freaked out. I couldn't stop crying. I called my son, and I told him, hey, my mom's going to die. Why do you think your mom's going to die? My mom's going to die because the turkey vulture. I've never seen that bird. It's my mom. It's her energy. I know it's her bubble. No, 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 you're crazy. Okay, fine. My son is 35. He's not living. So then I started reading myself. So every day I would pull out three cards, and every day I would get the Ten of Cups. So if you know anything about the tarot, the, the, the Ten of Cups is happiness, fulfillment, a happy ending. I switched decks. I had one of my clients who's an exceptional reader read me. She pulled the same card. So now my mom's been in the hospital for almost four weeks, a couple of days shy of the four weeks. <clears throat> And I texted my siblings in the group and I said, hey, mom's going to be okay because I'm drawing the Ten of Cups. So my younger brother, who's 17 years younger than me, calls me and says, it's not a happy ending for mom. It's, a ha- it's not a happy ending for you. It's a happy ending for mom. 
mom's not going to make it. I go, where are you getting this from? Because he's also more gifted than I am. He's super gifted. And he was like, I just know. Two days after that conversation, I retested. I came out negative with antibodies. And I start calling the hospital. Please let me go in to see my mom. Please, please, please. I escalated and escalated in a very kind, like, way. I got to a Cuban nurse that was there. So as she found out I was Puerto Rican, she was like, Samir, I'm going to make an exception. I'm going to get fired for this, but I'm going to let you come in and see your mom. So I took it to my brothers and sisters because that's the kind of person that I am. And I said, who wants to go? We can go one person. So they told me to go. So I went. When I get to the hospital, there are three white birds standing. I'm a, I'm a Gemini. So I'm an, uh, I see all my signs in the air. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know what that is. I went in. I saw my mom. I put all seven of my siblings on the WhatsApp uh, video so they could say bye to her because I already knew. As soon as I walked in, I already knew. I talked to her, and how I turned and walked away from her, knowing that it was going to be the last time I would see her because with the COVID patients, they don't allow you. The burial is very different than with other people. Like We were able to have a service for her, but we weren't able to see her after that. I was the last one. And, and I walked away from her. And it was the hardest thing I've had to do in my life. And all I could tell you, I, I can remember was her telling me, hey, you're not a weak person. you got to get through it. I need you to take care of your brothers and sisters. Because that's how she was with me. She was extremely hard on me. She never let me back down from a challenge. She always told me you could do it. And she pushed me to read. She wanted me to succeed. She knew I was going to be able to make it. And I see the turkey vulture all the time. It is a fixture in my home. Wow. And I looked it up online because I have all kinds of books. It's my mom personified. All the characteristics of that bird are my mom. Wow. Well, first of all, I'm so sorry for your loss. But wow. Like... That's an incredible, an incredible story. I mean, there's nothing that can really sum that up. I have chills. It's just, if you want to get somewhere, you have to ask yourself, is this the right thing for me? Because if you don't get there, it wasn't meant for you. Things happen for you, not to you. Okay. And a lot of people think they get into this victim mentality. That was one of the things. It was really funny because my mom would always victimize herself. Oh, what was me? I can't do this. She never allowed me to do that. Never allowed me to be a victim. Never. If something, if I would do something, she would tell me, oh, you got yourself into that mess. Get yourself out. And I did all the time. She helped me a lot. She was, I always said when my dad died, he broke us in half and my mom shattered us. But my mom made me the person that I am today. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be able to talk to you or if she wouldn't have given me a backbone and a, and a strong sense of, you know, confidence. And you can do this. You're smarter than this. You're better than this. I don't want you upset. I don't want you mad. I don't want you to. I could hear her all the time. What a gift. And especially specifically not allowing you to be a victim of your circumstance, but always taking responsibility. Yes, that's very important. And I, I have done that to my kids. I always tell them, I said, it's not your fault how people are going to treat you. 
It's your fault how you feel with the way people are going to treat you. And I have four. They're, the youngest is 23. They're different, you know, they're, one's a nurse, one's a chemist. Now he turned into a teacher. And the other two work for a very, very big insurance company in very high positions there. I pretty much was a disciplinarian. My ex-husband, he is a great dad, but he can't discipline. I don't know with men. <laughs> you can take that out. <laughs> I, no, I think you're going like, to liberate a lot of women with that. <laughs> <laughs> I I understand and I, I know other women understand too. Yeah, because I mean, my, my character is very much the disciplinarian also. You get it. And I tell everybody, look, I had a client that came to see me not too long ago. She's a two-year-old dog. She has 16 cavities. You have 18 teeth when you're two. Oh, so I looked at God. her and I said, how is your daughter having 16 cavities. Don't you brush her teeth? It's really hard for me to brush her teeth. She won't let me. Oh, please. That's not in the chancleta world. That does not even exist. Wait, and I told her, listen, right now it's her teeth. You can't control a two-year-old. You're not going to be able to control a 16-year-old that's going to want to party and go have sex with a bunch of people. That is not what you're going to be able to control. This is what you're setting yourself up to. You need to control it now. Preach, and preach. <laughs> that's why people tell you that I'm direct. You know, one of the other things is that I've been very, very fortunate because I told you I was a bookkeeper on the side. I was very fortunate to work for this Puerto Rican man who is in the adult industry. So he has been in the adult industry for 60 years. So he has evolved with it from the calendars to the books, to the magazines, to the videos, to the X-ray, the movie theaters, to now everything's online. To the internet, right? I have learned so much from this man. Like, he has been like a blessing. That, I don't know why I was so fortunate to meet him. And that all happened when I was reading the Louise Hayes book. Okay? You're, yeah, you need to tie this together. <laughs> like, gonna, what did you learn? <laughs> I'm going to tie this together. So one of the things that, I, that happened to me when I got divorced was I waived my alimony. Making emotional decisions <laughs> is not the right thing to do with your finances. But I did. I just wanted out of the marriage. And I said, I'm going to make my own money. But when you're a dual income and you waive your alimony, and now all of a sudden you're a single income with the same expenses, you're going to go down. So one of the things that I wanted to manifest was getting a job. And Luis has Luis Hayes says in the book, if you want something, you just have to put it out there. So I started every day when I would go to work to my to my regular job. I said, oh, I want to get two jobs that are within each other, within a couple of miles from each other. And I did. I got three jobs that were within five miles of each other. So I would go to two every day. I would alternate them. And that was great. Then from those two jobs, I met this guy who at the time owned a supermarket and needed help with his accounting. So I went in there. I helped him. I set up his books. He loved my work ethic. So he grabbed me and pulled me into his world, his personal business and his personal finances. And from him, I learned a lot. I learned that, that the world revolves around duties and pleasures. And he always says, there are duties, there are pleasures in this world. Don't be a duty. Be a pleasure to be around. Be a duty. Don't be a duty. <laughs> then he says, you know those people that walk around 
all bitter and mad and always complaining, they ain't getting any. And if they are, it's duty. You know, so I learned a lot from him. So when people come to see me, I always, and he told me, he's like, Samara, look at someone. Look at what they're not saying. Look at the way they're dressed. Look at whether they're vibrant. Look at how their skin looks like. You know, sex is an important part of someone's life. If it wasn't important, we wouldn't need it to procreate. It would be obsolete. It's what people and their attitudes towards sex, that's what makes problems for people. So a lot of times I get people and I always, they tell me, oh, you know, I don't know what's going on in my relationship. The first thing out of my mouth is like, hey, how's your sex life? Are you guys okay in that department? Because if you're okay, that's half the battle. If you're not okay, you need to try that. If that doesn't work, then you're going to get to the root of the problem. I've gotten a lot of repeat customers with that. A lot. They come to me with their partners or they, they sit down. Like I do a lot of couples, like counseling, quote, unquote. And I'll read both of them. A lot of times they don't want to get read in front of each other. And I'm fine with that. And most of the time they're like, you know, we feel better if you don't read us together. And I always tell them, I go, it's not going to work if you don't overlap, if you don't share, if you don't respect each other. It's when you read someone, you, you have to take yourself out of the equation. You really do. You have to take yourself out. You have to really look at the person and see where they're coming from. A lot of times if you get someone talking, They'll trip. They'll tell you, like, their fears. They'll tell you, hey, you know, this. And in this profession, the readers of the world, you can really take advantage of someone like that. And I don't do that. I'm just like, hey, this is what you're doing wrong in your book. Not in my book, because I'm not here to judge you. This, you want to get here? This is what you have to do. And to illustrate it perfectly for them, I always bring up weight. Like your, your, your diet, your weight. Say, you ever meet someone that tells you I want to lose weight and they're always eating and then they're always asking you, do I look fat? <laughs> if you want to lose weight, this is the thing that you got to do. You got to put yourself on a journey. If you get off, then you got to put yourself back. If you don't put yourself back, you're never going to get from point A to point B. And it's the same thing with life. If you want to succeed, you really have to have a good work ethic. You have to be disciplined. You have to be able to kind of like do the work. It's not going to be done for you. So learn a lot from that. Yes. Yes, you did. Wow. <laughs> what a gift that you received from him. And I love that you brought it up because I rem it reminded me of what I read in this book from Dale Carnegie that I was really surprised. And he said that people who have a happy love life, including a happy, a healthy sex too. life, yes, they do better in sales because there's something that changes in your energy it does. that makes you more like energetically attractive. Yes. Yes. Because you, it's, it's the pheromones. I mean, you exude them and people are attracted to you. And, and every time, you know, like I get a lot of clients here that, Oh, you know, like, I don't know why this person didn't like me, you know, and then they tell me that they texted the person 70 times after the person told them not to. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Would you talk to someone that was doing that to you? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Hello. You know, or someone that's just fixated on the person. And it's like, look, it's one person. The world has 7 billion people. Don't get into the scarce lack mentality that there's not going to be anybody else. That person came into your life 
for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. If it's a reason, learn what they came in for and let them go. On my Instagram, on my personal Instagram page, I have the quote from Buddha that says, at the end of the day, only three things matter. How much you love, how gently you, how gently you live, and how gracefully you let go of things not meant for you. So at the time of death, if you loved a lot of people, you're going to be surrounded by people, whether that's from far away energetically or right next to you. If you live gently, there's no residue on the energy field when you exit. There isn't. You just, you go peacefully. And if you let go of things, there's no anger. There's no resentment. There's no, like, why is this happening? There's no victim. You're just like, okay, it wasn't meant for me. This is where I'm at right now. I want to tell you something. When my dad got very, very sick, so my dad had a stroke, and he was in, in a wheelchair for five years. So, I'm sorry, for four years, from 2013 to 2017, he passed away. He got very sick. His foot got infected, and it got gangrene, so he became septic, and so we had to put him in hospice. So he was in hospice for a week. And when I got there, I stayed with my parents. All the nurses hated me. I was horrible. I was like, why is my dad not being changed? And why is this and why is that? So there was a lady, the CNA, that used to come in clean. And she looked at me and she said, while you are here, in Spanish she told me, mm -hmm. your dad's not going to die. And I'm like, well, lady, I'm not leaving. I'm staying right here. She's like, oh, no, you'll leave. You will leave. And when you leave, your dad will die. She's like, I'm not leaving, lady. I'm not leaving the hospital. So... My sisters ended up flying in from out of town. And my dad was adamant that my, my brothers not stay because my brothers both had wives. So he said the girls could stay because everybody that came didn't have a husband. My three sisters left their husbands at home and me and my other sister are divorced. So one night I stayed with my dad and I noticed and I brought the cards and I was like putting cards around him and trying to figure out like whether he was going to die or not. And there was gook. I saw it. I saw gook on his energy field. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, damn, like, he's made peace with everybody. Like, what is this? And I'm like, oh, my God. My dad was super vain. My dad was always dressed with his tie and his hair. He was such a good-looking man. And to the day that he died, he was such a good-looking man. So that morning, I turned around, and I looked at my mom, and I told her, Mom, don't shave Dad. Because she was shaving him. I go, don't shave him. Let him, let him be that way. So my mom hadn't told anybody that my dad was sick. So when his friends found out, the hospital got bombarded with visitors. There was hundreds and hundreds of people in and out of the hospital, day in and day out. And that was a very, very big in the Middle Eastern community. He helped a lot of people. So a lot of people came in to see him. And everybody saw him with this beard. And my brother was like, why are people seeing my brother and my dad like that? I'm like, oh, don't touch it. For some reason, my mom listened to me. Friday morning was the only day that I had to go to work. Mind you, I was there the whole time. With, and I had to go to work because I worked for him at the time. I worked for my dad, and I was going to count his money. That's what I was going to do. So I went to work. My mom called me. She goes, is it okay if we shower your dad and we shave him? And I said, yeah, it's fine. Go ahead and do it. So I was like, okay, you know, you can call me back. But I hadn't been at work, so I finished at 11, and I decided to finish all my work. And at 1.15, I'm running down the stairs trying to put all the money away in the safe. And my phone rings and it's my sister. And I'm like, oh, it's Friday. It's Los Angeles. 
It's 1.30 in the afternoon. I'm about 25 miles away from my dad. Even if I would have flown, I wasn't going to make it there. I wasn't. So she called me. She goes, Dad's taking his last breath. Where are you? And I'm like, I'm in LA. I'm like, okay, bye. When I got to the hospital, the first person that I saw was the CNA lady. She gave me a hug and she told me, can't be here. His soul will not release with you here. You were the reason why he hung on. Oh, wow. It was the weirdest thing ever. And this morning, my daughter and I were talking about my mom. And she was like, oh, because she's a nurse. She goes, oh, I should have been there. Blah, blah, blah. Like, no, she wouldn't have wanted you to be there. And it's, I had to let go. You have to. Things, you know, everybody experiences death in some way or another. And death is the lesson of just, just release and accept where you are in your life and try to make your life better. You know, like the door shut on my parents' life and I never lived away from them. I'm, they lived right up the street from me. They were my friends. They were my neighbors. They were my parents. I don't know life without them. And here I am. I'm with you. You found me. I'm having this conversation with you. I, my son's getting married. I, I'm going to have my first grandchild in December, hopefully. I have to, whether I, you know. And if you really look at me, you could tell I'm sad. You could tell. If you look at my pictures on my website, it looks very different than what it looks like. Right now, I have both my parents in that picture. And I refuse to tell because I'm overwhelmed by how beautiful your energy is. So even though you're sad, your higher being is very, I just, you know, like, I feel like there are so many people that have so many worse things. And in this job, you really, really get to people and their very, very sad stories. And, you know, I've helped so many people. I've, I've lifted so many people and so many people are much, much more successful than I am. They have flown, they have, and I'm so happy for them. I just bought a set of cards from one of my clients whom I've known her for since almost the beginning. When I met her, she had just gotten fired. What am I going to do? Like, you're going to fly. Took her five, six years. You should see her now. You can't touch her. It's amazing. She's one click away from me. If I call her right now, she'll answer the phone and whatever you want. And I'm the same way with them. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I love what I do now. I love the people that I meet. Um, I was very happy because I was going to events before the whole, you know, pandemic. And I would go to these events and, you know, it was, I I said, you don't want to quit my job and go read all over the world, you know, before the pandemic started. Um, Once my kids got settled and they're all like, thank God they're all like have their persons and they're going to get married and whatnot. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go see the world. And then the pandemic hit. I'm like, oh, it's meant for me to be here now. (laughs) <laughs> you can still see the world online and read for the world online for sure you'll probably get around um, more <laughs> reach more people this way um, but definitely traveling is a perk in that oh, wow it's just you're a beautiful soul and everything that you've shared has just been so powerful and impactful I feel really blessed that I found you online and that we've connected it's I, I feel like I we don't have to dig in to the coffee readings because I feel like what you've already shared with us and expressed and how you are and how you think and move through the world is it's not about the coffee at this point. It's about who you are as a person and as an intuitive and as a soul and just the coffee's a tool. And I feel like if a person 
they're just going to resonate with you by hearing this. And that's more powerful than anything else. I love, love what I do. And it took me years to be proud of it. I am telling you, it's because we all want that, that approval. We all want that. We all want our peers to like us. We want to be included. We want to be accepted. And I'm so different. I'm just such a different type of person. And it took me years to find myself and, and, and be happy with myself, with my weight, with my height, with the way that I look, with my age, you know, and it, it goes, I got to tie it back to my mom. My mom always told me, there's always going to be someone taller than you, prettier than you, richer than you. If you're not happy with yourself and you're always comparing yourself to other people, you're always wanting to be have people see you the way that they are, you're never going to be happy. And reading set me free. Like it, it, I eventually want to teach. Like I want to stop reading and I want to teach because I think that there's not enough people out there that that lift you, you know. And I'm a big fan of therapy. Don't get me wrong. I, you know what? I admire all the therapists. I, I really love what they do. Um, they're a very different version of readers, but there's some good ones. But reading is different. It's you know, you get to ask questions. Like, it's not, you're not being the one, you're not being asked the questions. You get to ask the questions. Hey, what's going on? What's this? What's that? How do you think this person feels about me? And it, it's it's great because I always tell people when they ask me that question, I don't want anyone to know what I'm thinking. Do you want people to know what you're thinking? Let's not find out what that person is thinking. <laughs> you know. So much fun. Do you have a preference between, because since you do the tarot and the coffee, uh, what you do a variety of readings. Do you have one that's your preferred, like your what's your favorite? And my how do they favorite, all blend? favorite read is the 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 tarot reads. The cards are because it's easy. The mm -hmm. the coffee, I mean it's 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 a little bit hard and it's very invasive on the client. You know, because awesome. You're going to open your energy. I'm going to open you up. I'm going to look at your chakras. I'm going to see what's going on in your life. And with the cards, it's not like that. The cards cannot dig deep into somebody. It's like when somebody reads your palm, it's invasive because they're going to touch your hand. And their energy is going to infuse with yours, you know. So when you go to a palm reader, you have to show them your hand. And they look at your hand. And they, You know, the coffee is kind of the same way as the hand reader. You're just like going into the person's energy field. And you're seeing what they carry. So I feel like if I'm really comfortable with the client, yes, like I love the coffee reads. But most people, when they come see me the first time and they don't know what they want, I will kind of steer them into the tarot, mm -hmm. um, into the half half mirror stuff, which is the same price as the as a coffee read. That way they don't have to choose because of money. Because that's like, I don't want anyone to ever do that. And in all the years that I've read, I've been reading for 10 years, I've had, one complaint, one time. Somebody didn't like what I told them. They were very, very upset. So I, the only thing I could do was, I, hey, I'm sorry, here's your money back. Like, yeah, exactly. Find yourself another reader. I'm good. Like, sometimes people will tell me, oh, what you said didn't come true. The, the opposite of it came true. And then they'll come back and I'll read them, you know. But I've never, ever, like, had, like, somebody, like, explode on me or, upset mm -hmm. at something I said. The tarot is a little bit less invasive and a lot easier. And why is it easier? How how's that different? So because the coffee's really deep. 
Mm-hmm. The coffee I'm reading and I'm telling you what I'm seeing. You don't mm-hmm. get to see what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. I can show it to you. I can point it out. This is what I'm seeing here. But it's mostly, and a lot of times when I'm reading, I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at the cup. And I don't finish. I don't look up until I'm finished reading. With the tarot, I'm flipping the cards and I'm telling you, okay, this is the, this is the card that came up. Like, for example, look. The card that came up right now is, you know, the king of swords, which means movement and, and author, you know, an authoritative figure, someone, a mentor, someone's going to help you, someone's going to guide you in a very direct manner. So I could say that to the person and it just, they can interpret it. I could take pictures of the cards. I could send them the cards. I can look the cards up online. But with a coffee cup, they're not going to be able to do that. They're not going to be able to look up the meaning of the coffee cup online. That's why the, the cards are a little bit easier. Yeah, that makes sense. It almost feels also that with the cards, it's almost like, this is just kind of what I'm feeling into right now, that they're, the cards are showing like what the person's almost like okay with revealing yes. in a way, energetically, yes. right? But then yes, the coffee absolutely. like with puts coffee? more through the BS and you're like, oh. <laughs> There's no holds barred. There's so no I, give hiding, everybody, it feels like. I give everybody a little trick. Because I really want to be able to teach how to read. So since we're on the podcast, I'm going to tell you what I tell all my clients. The next time you go to Starbucks or Pete's or whatever coffee place you go and you order a latte, it comes with the lid, right? Mm-hmm. After you drink it, take the lid off and see what pattern of the foam made. See if you could see a picture in the foam. If you could see a picture... And you can tie it into your life because it's your cup. Mm-hmm. You're on your way to becoming a coffee reader. Ooh, I want to try this. Yes, try it the <laughs> next time you go. Um, this is cool because it's a, like scry. Is it como se llama? Is it scribing when you yes. scribe? Right. Yes, you when, scribe. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what you can scribe with water and a black bowl and coffee and tea. I want to do it with water and a black bowl. <laughs> <laughs> that's going that's going into a santeria type of deal oh shit okay just my, my respects my respects you're like forget it forget no black balls and water <laughs> no imagínate mi mamá se voltea en su tumba oh my gosh okay but we're good with coffee right i definitely want to try that i know my best friend's always like she's one of these that's really gifted and doesn't want to go there but She's gifted and more than the majority of people I know. And I wish she would jive, like jump in head first. You know oh my she gosh. will. She will. It's it's like I told you, it took me a long time. Like almost 34 years, if you really look at it. it took me a, it's a lifetime. Mm-hmm. You know? And I just didn't want to. I didn't. I was so as a you know, as a matter of fact, as an experiment a couple of or uh, a couple of years ago, I've never been online dating. Okay, so I've been single for a long time, and my kids are like, well, you should try this. I'm like, I don't want to do that. That's creepy. So then I finally said, okay, fine. I'll try it. So I put my profile up. Okay, my kids did this for me. It was was hilarious. (laughs) And every night, we would sit there, we would go through the messages. So whenever I would find someone that was interested, I would talk to them. And the minute I said I was a tarot reader, because I didn't want to go into saying I was a coffee (laughs) reader, (laughs) they would run for the hill. Well, that's an easy way to just kind of yeah, <laughs> eliminate was, people, yeah, it's a not waste your time. 
Imagine if like I meet this, I meet somebody and then they find out what I am. Then they come into my office and they see all the stuff that I have in my office. They're going to be like, oh my God. Yeah, they got to be on board from the beginning. Hey, you know what? Let's be honest. Absolutely. That's so funny. Oh, gosh. Do you let clients take notes and record the sessions? Yes. 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 Wonderful. You've shared so many delicious stories already that I'm just like really happy. I have this giant smile on my face because you have just been so enlightening and amazing to speak with. So a few things that your testimonials that I read, just words that your that your clients have described you as besides being, you know, really straightforward and not sugarcoating things are just that you've given them peace and reassurance, motivation. You've made them feel empowered. You've guided them. You've given them hope. You've given them pleasant surprises. You're a wise counselor and that you've already shown us and a sense of well-being, enlightening, obviously talented. It's just, it's it's wonderful. And I'm so glad that you're doing this. And it's so unique. And it's so much more than just the coffee, but it's a great vehicle to help people. And like you said, it's about lifting people. And it would be great it if is. you can get into the teaching aspect of it. And it's really my mind. end game. It's really my end game. I really, really want to teach. I've always wanted to teach. I just, I feel like there's not enough good people that are doing this out there. I get so many people that come to see me that they want to cut cords with something. Like you cannot cut a cord that doesn't exist. No one can control your dreams. So let's say you go and you pay somebody a bunch of money for them to cut your cord from someone that you're fixated on. What's to stop you from dreaming of the person two weeks later? Now you're out the money and now you're having this vivid dream and you're like, oh my God, what happened here? Mm-hmm. So there's not, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like, I really like what I do. And, and the people that I surround myself with, the people that actually come to me, they're vibrating at the same level as I am. They are. And, and that's the thing. If you're vibrating at this level, you're not going to run to people that are vibrating at a lower level. You're just, it's the higher you go, the better. And sometimes we will have to let go of things that are bringing you down. People just don't see that. They don't see that if they go forward, their their life is going to get better. They keep thinking that their life is going to be worse because they're letting go of something. You know, that's that's a a lesson that I feel everyone goes through and in their spiritual journey as they start doing all of their healing work and yes. and transformation work. They start getting. They're upset at first or shocked about all the friends they start kind of losing and not losing because they're being rejected by their new spirituality or, or their journey. But it's just things happen where these relationships unravel. And it's just because now they're no longer on the same frequency. They're no exactly. longer participating in the same reality as these people that are not in the same place as them. And that's just a natural occurrence when you start living for yourself and, and moving forward. And I tell everybody. Take care of yourself first. Before your kids, before your partner, before your work. Your health, yourself first. If you're healthy and you're okay, you can work. You can take care of your partner. You can take care of your kids. You can take care of your friends. A lot of people struggle with having friends or finding friends. And being a friend is hard. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes sometimes you just, if you're not good with yourself, you're not going to be a good friend. Hmm. So you first, you first. 
when you say that you want to teach, do you want to teach the coffee readings or Both. just or Both. tarot? Both. Both tarot and coffee. Nice. Have you thought about building online courses for this? I, you know what I have? I've been like, because I, I work as a bookkeeper, I've been really, really busy with this. And I was taking like these online classes. And then my mom passed away. And I feel like as lifted and as a, I just, I don't, I'm not into this place where I could teach yet. But I am trying to kind of project it. And in the end of January, I'm going to launch this new product that I'm like working on. Mm-hmm. It's a different type of read. And if that goes well for me, I that's what I'm going to start teaching. That's what I'm going to try to build the online classes and be able to kind of do like maybe, I, I was going to do a PowerPoint, but that's a little bit outdated, I think, for, for the teaching. It's more the Zoom and more the like, face-to-face with the classroom kind of deal. Online. Yes, yes. Online so that's going to be a lot of fun. Definitely. And yeah, now there's portals that are learning management systems like teachable.com or thinkific.com yes. is another one yes. that a lot of people are using to build online courses. And it's yeah. a great way to get your, Thank your you for medicine out gonna, there. I'm going to make a note of that. And I'm going to start working. Yes, yeah, look into Thinkific. And if you have any questions, I can help you. But there's just lots of amazing tools now to, to build an online community, to build courses, to just so many great ways to to get out there now so this has been so much fun. fun a lot more yes. fun. i was so nervous i was like i didn't sleep last night i'm like oh my god how am i gonna do this <laughs> no but you couldn't even tell you rocked it you are amazing where Thank can you. where can people find you how can i have get a website ready? the the readings by samara.com that's the fastest way to get a hold of me or my instagram at readings by samara and people usually direct message me from there, um, kind of like what you did. Mm-hmm. And then and that's it. I take it from there. Go. Yeah. Nice. I can't wait to get read by you. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. We're going to have fun. That's going to be great. So, all right, guys, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Thank you, Samira, for being here. This has been amazing. I'll have all of her information and her links in the show notes. And until next time, bye, everyone. Hey, guys, really quick before I close out this episode, I wanted to let you know that I had my reading with Samir. I did a coffee reading and it was fantastic. I am really picky. She is the real deal. She was extremely accurate and dropped lots of wisdom, saw things very quickly, very easily. It was really impressive. She is definitely the real deal. Even before this episode has aired, I've already had about three friends get readings with her and they were all really happy. So I highly recommend it. So make sure to check her out. All right. Until next time. Bye guys. Thank you guys for being here. I know that your time is the most valuable thing you have. It means the world to me that you're here. There are many more cool episodes coming. So go subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If this episode inspired you, please leave a review so this show can reach more people who need healing. Every month, I'm giving away my productivity planner to one lucky listener who shares the show on Instagram and tags me at NatalieOneLove. Again, thank you for being here. I love you guys. See you in the next episode.